Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we do an overview of the Grand Floridian and talk about why you should or should not stay there. Find old episodes of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, where you can receive bonus content like trip reports. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions, email us anytime, disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, and find us on Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips With Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So it's been a while since we've taken a look at a hotel in depth, but I added a new hotel to the list, the Grand Floridian, as you may have heard in a trip report recently. So uh, we thought we would talk about it. And as always, we're just going to give you an overview of the resort and then talk about why you may or may not want to stay there. So we talked about this a little bit, Leslie. So let's just get right into it. We talked a little bit about it during the trip report, but Leslie, Grand Floridian, the flagship of Walt Disney World, that is where the NBA, the top teams in the NBA stayed when they were in the bubble during the pandemic, because that is, you know, the number one hotel at Walt Disney World. Tell us about this bougie resort establishment. What is it all about? All right. So it's a sort of Victorian seaside in the style of the Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego. Lots of white paint and woodwork and sort of the rusty red ceilings and and roofs. So it's a really pretty resort. And a lot of things recently have gotten a Mary Poppins kind of theme. It is on the monorail loop. So it is if you're sort of standing at the TTC and facing across the water to the park, it is to the left. It's like at 10 o'clock, somewhere around there. So it's within walking distance now of the Magic Kingdom. It didn't used to be, but there's a new walking path. We're still calling it new. It's new in like Disney timeline, but it's not that new anymore. So it's it's right there. Yep. And then you can also, of course, take the monorail to the Magic Kingdom, or you can take a ferry boat as well. Buses to... Hollywood Studios and to Animal Kingdom. And if you're going to go to Epcot, you'll take the monorail or make your way over the Transportation and Ticket Center somehow and then take the monorail over to Epcot. One thing I'll add about um, just the hotel in general is they definitely have gone out of their way to make it feel, I don't, I can't think of a word besides bougie. It is like the most expensive feeling. It's probably one of the most expensive feeling hotels I've ever been in at Walt Disney at any Disney property, you know, I know we just stayed at the Grand Californian. And of course, that lobby is super grand at the Grand Cal. And there's a lot of stuff going on there. But one thing I noticed about the Grand Floridian is, you know, even the chairs and the upholstery, it looks it's like made to look very fancy and very prim and proper and nice. And then in each of the buildings, the way the Grand Floridian is, there's a main building and then there's like sub buildings all over the place. And in each of those, there are super nice couches and sitting areas in the lobby of each of those little buildings. And then in the middle of each lobby, there's like a chandelier. There is a table with glassware and like porcelain and stuff. So, you know, just all over the place, you know, it really feels 
you know, like when you walk into like a Park Hyde or something fancy like that, and they have like fancy artwork and things like that, like the Grand Floridian feels the most like that out of like any Disney resort that I've been in. So they really are catering towards um, the fanciest of fancy guests like you and myself, Leslie. I know, obviously. I know we're, bu- <laughs> we're bougie, but I mean, I, I think that's important to note because I think folks who aren't used to staying in luxury hotels, it might feel a little bit intimidating to some people. I know when I was in my less bougie days and like I went and stayed at a, you know, a nice property for the first time, like in my twenties, right? First time as like an adult, it, I felt intimidated. And I think a lot of people, might need to be aware of that. And I don't think you'll get that feeling really at too many other Disney hotel properties, maybe the Poly, but like you wouldn't feel that at Beach and Yacht Club or the Contemporary, I don't think. But you you might at the Grand Floridian. Like another thing to add, and we can move on to the rooms from this, is that there was a chandelier in the room. And I wasn't sure at first if it was because like we were on the top floor and so we had a little bit of a slanted ceiling on top. So we had a little bit of extra headroom there from a normal room. So I wasn't sure if like, did they have extra room in our room that like gave them the chance to do a chandelier? But no, there are chandeliers in, you know, I looked at other videos of rooms online, there are chandeliers. And I was like looking at the chandelier it looks nice like there's, lights and then there's a ring of glass birds around it on the outside that you would think like they put candles in it back in the 1800s or something like that like that's that's how fancy it all felt joking aside like i don't totally appreciate like the finer things in life so maybe someone with a better eye would be like those glass birds were cheap looking but not to me you know it looked very fancy to me (laughs) you know we're still uh, easy to impress. <laughs> yes, and my princess and my princess says daughter, she was like very into, you know, the whole I guess the whole presentation of everything. And the rooms in general, you know, they're now Disney breaks them down into like it's either resort view or water view or theme park view. Um and so there's only those three options for the regular rooms at the Grand Floridian. There's a ton of different club rooms, including suites. There are two different club lounges. One is in the main building. One is in the Sugarloaf building. And so depending on where your club room is, you'll go to, you know, I, from what I, I didn't stay club level, but from what I hear, you know, the club offerings are pretty similar. And then of course there's the DVC section of the Grand Floridian as well, which has studios, villas, one bed, two bedroom villas. So a lot of room options. Now, Leslie, I was kind of hoping you would not mention the Mary Poppins retheming because I messaged you on my last night, like, maybe an hour before bed. And I was like, Leslie, uh, I just, I've been walking around this room, you know, the last two days and just remarking about how, you know, tastefully done the decorations are and, you know, how they feel very nice, but not Disney IP centric until suddenly I was looking at one of the pieces of artwork and, and I took pictures of this. So if you're watching this on video, you can see the evolution of my understanding. And I saw just in the background, very faint shadow, a woman flying with an umbrella. And I was like, oh, and then all of a sudden I started noticing, oh, there's a 17 on that house. And then I was looking around and I was like, oh, there are umbrellas all over this entire room. Honestly, I think that shows you that Disney did a good job of incorporating the Mary Poppins IP, but still making it feel like overall just nice. Because I just thought it was generic artwork. I thought it was artwork that was just, you know, paintings of nice old, I don't know, 
England English towns or something like that until I saw Mary Poppins. I was so embarrassed though when I finally <laughs> figured it out. Well, I mean, to be fair, Joe, like it this that retheme didn't get the publicity that say like the Incredibles retheme did at the contemporary. Like now that I think about it, like I remember noting it and then filing it away and then quickly forgetting it. So the fact that they did it so subtly, you know, I guess I guess is a good thing because that's probably what the average guest at the Grand Flow wants is not to be beat over the head with a stick by or an umbrella by the theming. So I, I'm glad it was subtle, but yeah, you lose a Disney point for that or something. Yeah, nice by the way, the umbrella joke. Yeah. And I I do think that I think the Moana rooms at the Polynesian, that's very in your face. The Incredibles room, that's very in your face. I mean, the pillow is like Jack-Jack. You know, none of this at the Grand Floridian feels like that. It is very understated. Once I knew it was Mary Poppins themed, I could tell how everything made sense. But honestly, not having known that, it just looks like very nice, you know, like old school Disney deluxe theming, just very nice, tasteful, and it has its own theme. So I thought they did an excellent job there, especially as someone who I generally really enjoy having IP, but I can see how this could really appeal to people who don't love IP in their rooms at Disney World uh, or Disneyland. Okay, so let's talk about dining options. There are a ton of dining options here at the Grand Floridian. Leslie, you want to run us through a couple? Sure. A lot of these I haven't even tried over the years. So there's the Gasparilla Grill, which is the quick service, the Grand Floridian Cafe, Narcuzzi's, which is a table service, 1900 Park Fair, which is the character dining, but it's still closed. So what else, Joe? If that had been open, we definitely would have been there since I think that's a princess dining. Yeah. There's the Garden View Tea Room as well, which I think sometimes a princess would visit there. That's closed. It's a good thing it's closed right now. We should mention that the Grand Floridian is under construction right now. There was a huge thing of scaffolding and maybe even a crane right in front of where the Garden View Tea Room was. So not not the best Garden View right now. So probably for the better, that one's closed. Hopefully when that crane is gone, uh, the Garden View Tea Room will reopen. There are also a couple lounges that people really like. There's the Enchanted Rose Lounge, and, and then Citricos has a lounge as well. Um, and Citricos is a restaurant that is very popular amongst Disney guests, but Leslie and I have yet to try ourselves. I have yet I have yet to try myself. <laughs> You're not giving me credit for all the things that I have done, Joe. I've dined at Citricos, but not since the uh, retheme. So. Yes, not, <laughs> yes, that's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> Leslie and I have not had the chance to dine at since the retheme. Okay, listen carefully. <laughs> okay, my apologies for not giving you the credit that is due. But a lot of great dining options there. And, you know, I think it does. I, I like the food at the Poly better just because I like the Polynesian and Asian influences more. I find the Grand Floridian food a little, I guess, not, not too Western. Yeah, probably too Western for my tastes. Although Citricos is a more Mediterranean themed, but I have famously not been there, as I just mentioned. But a lot of dining options. I think you could totally get away with not leaving the resort very often and having a lot of great stuff to eat. That's right. And we forgot one other dining option, uh, the elephant in the room, Victoria and Albert's, which is the most expensive restaurant anywhere at Disney World's and probably the hardest reservation to get as well. Haven't dined there. Won't probably be dining there until I win the lottery. Well, see, I feel like I would dine there, you know, like once a year, my wife and I will eat a very nice meal in New York City or something like that, a set menu kind of deal. 
I would happily do that at Victorian Alberts with her, but she's going to be like, why am I going to do that at Disney World? Which, you know, that's, I, I guess that's just something for myself and her to work out. But I will say <laughs> that people who are foodies who do also dine in New York, like places like 11 Madison Park, stuff like that, do really enjoy Victorian Alberts. And there's like a special, you know, getting a seat in the main dining room is hard. And then they have like sub rooms that are like even more intimate and even more like fancy and tailored to uh, specialty cuisine um, that are even harder to get. So a lot of options at Victorian Alberts. If you can get the reservation, we should also say it's 18 plus only. And also you have to adhere to a dress code. So another reason why I probably won't go there because uh, I don't have room to pack a jacket to go to Walt Disney World. All right. So Food out of the way, let's get to the resort amenities. I will talk about some of the stuff that has been lost since we recorded in 2019. There's a Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique at Grand Floridian. That's still closed, uh, unfortunately. There used to be a like Cinderella and Prince Charming would dance in the afternoon. That's gone, That which is really sad. That was very nice and a nice and easy way to see a couple of characters, even though they didn't totally necessarily interact with everyone. They would do a dance and then say hello to everyone, hold court a little bit. And then I think the real loss in the lobby is there used to be the Grand Floridian Society Orchestra, which was a really awesome jazz quartet, I think, quartet or quintet, uh, one of those two. But I remember walking through the Grand Floridian lobby and just sitting down and listening to their music. Uh, that's been replaced by a pianist who does an awesome job playing Disney tunes, but it's just not the same as having a full band. So it's kind of sad to see those things gone. For sure. I mean, that that's part of what made the Grand Floridian so grand is all of these extras. And, you know, a lot of these things have been a victim of, of COVID and, and Disney is, I guess, still making the money it wants to make without bringing back all of these, these extra costs that they need to add on to. And so it, it is sad. I, I, there's still there's still a lot of things to do and a lot of reasons I would say to visit, um, even if you're not staying there. Um, it still is, I'd say one of the best of the best, if not the best in terms of the, the ambiance and the, the little extras that, that Disney throws in. It's just not what it used to be. But of course, if you didn't stay there five years ago, <laughs> then you don't know what you, you're missing, right? Yeah, and honestly, I am cautiously optimistic. Disney's in a funny position right now, but like as we are recording, today is the day they announced that park hopping is going back to the old days on January 9th. Like there's going to be no park hopping time restrictions anymore. And I feel like Disney is at this point again where they know that, you know, the economy, like their numbers are low and things like that, and they need to attract back their previous guests and I wouldn't be surprised maybe not it's not all coming back but I wouldn't be surprised if they brought back you know some of these things that the Grand Floridian or other places in the park used to have just because people remember it fondly and it is a relatively inexpensive way to plus someone's vacation and to kind of tip them over the edge and like make them feel like oh Disney World is back you know let's let's come back you know 1900 park fair is open again let let's come back to the grand floridian oh they're having music only on weekends maybe let's come back you know that kind of thing so we'll see how that goes uh, we can remain cautiously optimistic about that another quick shout out in the spring a friend of mine Amy came on to do a trip report and it had been her first time to 
Walt Disney World, and she stayed at the Grand Floridian, and she really loved the shopping there. She loved it so much that I took the little princess, and I was like, let's go shop, let's go window shopping. And so we went window shopping in the Grand Floridian for like 45 minutes, which is quite a bit of time for like a five-year-old, or maybe not that five-year-old, but, you know, and they, like, I did not take her into the jewelry store. But, you know, I went into the clothing store and I was like, why don't you pick out some shirts that you would like me to wear? There was this like pink Tommy Bahama shirt. She's like, Dad, you should buy that. That's a Ken shirt. And I was like, wrong IP. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wrong movie studio. But, you know, I, I like the way you think. Um, and so, you know, within that main lobby, there's a lot of shops, a lot of things to look at. Of course, during the holidays when the gingerbread house is up. A lot of great resort amenities to look at there. There's, of course, the spa. This is the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. For what I hear, it's modeled and supposed to feel like Census Spa on Disney Cruise Line. I have no reason to think that that spa is nothing short of spectacular. Probably overpriced to what you would pay for a massage at home. But, you know, if you're staying at the Grand Floridian, you know you're already paying extra. So why not paying a little extra for massage if that's your thing? Um, we should note that that is not Leslie and my thing. So we're not going to talk too much more about that. And then the pool, I would say the pool was fun, but definitely like even below the contemporary in terms of, well, you know what? I just base everything on the slide. And I would say the slide's about the same. Um, they had this like rock wall. So you kind of like feel like you're at a grotto a little bit where you're swimming, but there was no kind of cool things to swim under or anything like that. Um, it was just a pretty basic pool, but we had a lot of fun there. And actually the night that we were there, they had, you know, during the day, oftentimes they have cast members out getting the kids hyped up and playing games and stuff like that. Well, they had that going on at night at the Grand Flow when we showed up there on a Wednesday night. So that actually was a lot of fun. You know, we were watching kids do limbo and dancing in the pool and like playing pool games and things like that. So uh, that was really nice. You know, I really like how at all the pools at Disney resorts, they have cast members just keeping people entertained. That's always good. Yeah, I agree. And what I think is impressive about the pool at the Grand Floridian is just, it feels like a really, really big pool. And that's visually good, but the water slide, like you say, is not great. But we didn't mention there is a splash pad um, between the lobby building and the DVC building, and that's Alice in Wonderland themed. And I think that's really cool. So if you like some of these splash and play areas that have like the water bucket, um, this is one of the better ones. So that might be the place with younger kids to spend a little more time because that's going to kind of like check more of the boxes than maybe just a giant pool. Yeah, this one and the poly, it's, I think it's the same splash pad situation, but with different theming. I totally forgot about that splash pad because of PTSD for my daughter. She was scared of the bucket. So there's this huge, gigantic bucket that fills up with water and then like every five minutes dumps all the water down. And it's like pretty awesome and a ton of fun, except for she got so freaked out about it. She like ran away and then she fell and like skinned her knee a little bit. I mean- skinned her knee a little like she said she skinned her knee and it was like a tiny mark so it was really fine but i forgot like we were there at first and then she's like no more splash pad like just the pool oh and then also the pool has a an infinity entrance or no no sorry what's that what's that is it called in what's that called where it's gradual and then it like you know it's zero just a, entry yes zero? zero entry pool thank you yes the opposite of infinity <laughs> <laughs> the complete opposite of infinity. <laughs> Insert math joke here. Okay. This is, this is a great episode. Uh, it's a zero entry pool. And so that, that was really nice too, because my youngest daughter, she's still not that comfortable swimming. And so 
I'm not going to leave her in the deep end without one of the life preservers on. But with the zero entry pool, we can hang out in that area and she can like swim a little bit further out, um, but then go back to where it's zero entry. And, you know, it's the slope that uh, walks back. So we had a lot of fun at the pool. We spent, you know, we were in Disney World for or we were out of our house for 49 hours and we spent four of those hours at the pool at the Grand Floridian on two different days. So that was pretty great. All right, let's get to the cost. I didn't look at the cost for, and this is for 2024, we should say. I did not look at the cost too much for club level rooms. They all start at $1,000 or more, even at the cheapest times. But um, Leslie, what are the costs? What are the rack rate costs for January and for March this year? All right, rack rate for resort view, 732 a night, water view, 745 theme park view 857 and then in march those prices go up gosh more than a hundred dollars a night more so 861 dollars 889 dollars and a thousand sixty three dollars so these are getting into the stratosphere rack rate wise but there are some sales right joe yes there are so as of right now disney is running like a kind of early bird 25% sale. Disney Dish recently said this, and I agree. I think that Disney is not done releasing sales for 2024, so we might see further discounts. The cheapest discount you can get without Disney Plus, Disney Visa, or anything like that, or there's no Disney Plus discount for 2024 yet, but there will be. Uh, I can almost, you know, I'm not going to bet the house on it, but I'm going to bet a decent amount on that. But there's a 25% discount that anyone can get in January. It brings things down to 585 or 596 for resort and water view. No theme park available. That's before tax. And then in March, uh, 646 and 667. So it's it's more palatable uh, with that 25% discount. I mean, I would say that if you like have had Grand Floridian or any deluxe on your list, uh, 2024 might be the year to do it because these sales are not going to go away. I think just things are too soft at Disney World right now, and I think they're going to keep releasing discounts, as it were. We know that discounts is in quotes when we're talking about Disney prices. Yeah, I agree, but I don't think you're going to see the grand flow with a five in front of it into the future. So if that, I mean, that, that's a huge reach for the vast majority of people, but if that feels like you could stomach it, then that, that looks good. Pretty, pretty good to me, relatively yeah. speaking. And we should say that the January dates are, you know, I picked dates, obviously is not Martin Luther King weekend. I picked the dates in January that should be the off times. So I'll take that with a grain of salt, although that is 585. So just... <laughs> sneaking in under the wire. All right. So we like to close these hotel episodes with why you should or should not stay at the Grand Floridian. Leslie, what do you think? Why should people or why should they not stay here? So, I mean, folks should stay here if they're having a special vacation. I think this is a great place, you know, for a honeymoon trip or like you did for like this daddy daughter princess trip. I mean, this is this is where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. I think the other type of guests who should stay here, guests who are foodies, because the restaurant scene is so, so nice. So if you plan to eat at a lot of like really uh, high-end table service restaurants, like you do want to do the Victorian Alberts or, you know, the Narcoozies or something like that, then this is a great place to stay. But in terms of who shouldn't stay here, I don't 
think that this is the best hotel for location anymore. It used to be in my mind it is just that one monorail stop away from the Magic Kingdom. But so many other Disney hotels that cost less now have really awesome location advantages with the opening of a Skyliner and sort of the improvement overall of the entire Disney World transportation system, I think, at least from my childhood where we stood on the corner and my dad cursed at the shuttle bus situation. So yeah, what do you think, Joe? What have I missed? Yeah, I think I, I would agree with what you said. And I would just add, I don't know if I would stay here with like the reason why I picked the Grand Flow for this special trip is because I knew my daughter was into princesses and like all this fancy stuff. And she would really appreciate and enjoy feeling fancy. But I had the chance to stay at Grand Flow with my son and my daughter, older daughter, when we went on the Star Cruiser in July, RIP, by the way. And I was like, no, I'm going to go stay at the Poly because they're going to have a lot more fun there. There's a lot more to do. Um, the theming is a lot more fun. It's not as, I don't want to say uppity, but it's just not as, it's it's not as prim and proper. You know, my youngest daughter loves that kind of stuff. You know, she's going to do a tea party for her birthday coming up in a few weeks, right? Like that, that's what she's all about. But most, you know, most kids aren't going to appreciate that kind of stuff the way that she does. And in fact, it was all five of us. I don't think as a whole, our family would appreciate it the same way. So I think you can wait to either, you know, I feel like it would be a great resort to do if it's like adults only, like if you're taking a trip with your partner and just trying to enjoy the finer side of Disney, or when your kids are older and they can appreciate it, or when your kids are older and they can go to the parks and you can stay with your <laughs> spouse and appreciate it, you know, that kind of situation. I feel like it is definitely going to be lost on your average kid. Um, and so that that's what I would add to that. Fair point. This good hotel, I'm thinking, now that I have a teenage daughter, like Sweet 16 or when she turns 18, something like that for yeah. that kind of a parent-daughter trip. Good call. Good call. All right, Joe. Well, let's close this out with our traditional Disney do or don't. What do you have for us about the Grand Floridian? Well, I think I have hinted at it already, but I think if you're going to stay at the Grand Floridian, you really should plan to enjoy a resort day plan to stay, stick around the Grand Flow, spend more time enjoying the grounds. There's just so much to see and appreciate, especially, you know, go shopping. I'm sitting in the lobby and listen to the music. Hopefully the band is back, but even if it isn't, listen to the piano player play for a while, hang out at the pool, all those things. I feel like the Grand Flow, just, just walk around the grounds. They're beautiful. Um, especially, you know, especially if you're not there, like in the dead of summer and it's fall, nice, cool fall weather. I'm just enjoy the Grand Floridian. It is a really well done. And obviously they have put a lot of, they put a lot of money into the resort and you've put a lot of money into the resort to stay there with all resorts and all Disney stays. I recommend a resort day, but especially so for the Grand Floridian, if you're going to stay there, spend your time at the resort and just enjoy. Um, it's a lot of fun to be there and you know, you've already paid for it. So you might as well enjoy it. It's a sunk cost. Right. Agree wholeheartedly. All right. Well, that does it for our thoughts on the Grand Floridian. If you have any thoughts, you can email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. Tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter or find us on Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Of course, you can find us also on YouTube now, youtube.com slash at Disney Deciphered. Leslie, where can people find your work? At Trips with Tykes on social media and tripswithtykes.com. What about you, Joe? 
You can find me at As Joe Flies. And if you're looking to book a trip, you can email me, josephchung at travelmation.net. I have to go pick up aforementioned Little Princess. So gonna cut all my terrible endings short today and just say thank you everyone for listening. And other than that, Leslie, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you after I remind you when your daughter turns 16 that you said sweet 16 trip. I'm gonna do it for her. Thanks, Joe. 